Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. And I'll ask you to turn a few pages over to the book of 2 Timothy uh, this morning. Uh, 2 Timothy, and we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 11 to 13. As I mentioned earlier, this uh, Sunday is so special and unique, um, even the order of service. I'm having to constantly look at my bulletin to make sure we're uh, on the right uh, part. But we're blessed by God to participate in both of the two ordinances that Jesus Christ gave his church and he has commanded us to partake in. We just uh, experienced the Lord's Supper and we're going to uh, experience a baptism celebration in just a little bit. And we refer to these as ordinances, There's other Christian denominations. Um, They have additional observances, and they often call them sacraments. The issue with that terminology is that it implies that such things actually impart saving grace to those who take part in them. But God's word tells us that it is faith and God's grace to us in Jesus Christ alone that saves us. And so this is why we choose to refer to these two forms of worship uh, that God ordains for the church to participate in. We call them ordinances. They do impart grace to us, not saving grace, but a sustaining grace, as does any any obedience um, to the Lord that we take part in. And um, on a typical Sunday in worship here, we would join together to pray and to sing and to hear a sermon. And in these two symbols of salvation, all of those elements are present as well, specifically in baptism, in the public declaration to God and to everyone who's present to witness it. Um, The one being saved is declaring that they have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so um, we should all see it as a prayer and a song and a sermon in action. Here in, in 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13, we also have a unique gift of God's grace to us too. Um, these three verses uh, were a common hymn of the early church. Uh, if you have, maybe even in your Bible, they're set apart with different uh, font or in a, um, a different indentation. Uh, and it was sung at baptisms way back in the first century. And I'm so glad that God inspired the Apostle Paul to include this in his final epistle before Paul gave his life for Christ and martyrdom. Let's read verses 11 through 13 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this, um, this song that the early church used to sing that you decided was uh, vital enough, important enough for us to hear centuries later. Um, 
to help us understand what we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, we might not have the uh, musical score uh, for, for this song, but I thank you that we have the lyrics. And being that they are the uh, quick, alive, powerful, living word of God, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would use them this morning um, just to encourage our hearts. And if there's one here who's never trusted you as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would come to faith in the gospel that's presented in this song. Uh, Lord, for us who have, I pray that uh, we would claim the promises that you give us here. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this early church hymn, baptism is said to symbolize or to portray our coming to Christ. It's really what verse 11 is about. It begins with this phrase, this as a faithful saying, that's a frequent expression by the Apostle Paul, especially when God uses him to draw our attention to some uh, doctrine of vital importance to the Christian's life. And then the remainder of verse 11 begins this early Christian hymn celebrating baptism and the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And we find four poetic couplets that are here. The first one is, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. And that's exactly what the biblical format, baptism by immersion, portrays. It pictures our, our death and burial with Jesus Christ, that we, by faith, have died with him. It's a picture of Christ's sacrificial death and burial. In Romans 6, God tells us through the Apostle Paul that coming to faith in Jesus Christ is a union with the death of Christ. Our old self, our old sinful nature has died. It has been crucified by faith in union with Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 2 describes the one who has trusted in Jesus as their Savior as having died to sin and as having been buried with Christ through baptism. It also describes us as having experienced um, what Jesus did after. It says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. And again, you don't stay under the water. You come up picturing the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection that Christ promises. Uh, there's an identification with that second part here in this verse 11 couplet. We haven't just died to sin's penalty or to its power over our life through faith in Christ. We have also risen to new life in Jesus. We've risen to eternal life with Christ. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. New life in Christ now. That's what this pictures. Eternal life with Christ when God calls us home or when he returns for us. Baptism is a beautiful portrayal of our coming to Christ. It's a symbol of the salvation in Christ that has already occurred in the life of the one who is being baptized. Um, they've trusted in Christ as Savior. Now, this baptism song here in 2 Timothy 2 and the ordinance of baptism, it also communicates our commitment to Christ. Verse 12 talks about that. The next two couplets correlate to the Christians continuing in Jesus Christ, their commitment to Christ. It says, first of all, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And Jesus promised the one who comes to him and follows him, nothing less. Will there be suffering as a Christian? Christ's message to his disciples. In John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. 
Now, the Greek word for suffer here, hupomeno, it means to remain or, or to endure. And if you have a modern translation, it might say something like that. If we remain in him or we endure in him, we will also reign with him. It means to continue in the Christ that you have come to, to commit to Christ. And baptism is a public identification and declaration that this commitment to live for Christ is the heartfelt intent of each person who's being baptized. The one who has truly trusted in Christ as their Savior, they will persevere. They will persevere to the end. They will endure. They will continue in Christ in a commitment to Christ. And the end is the reward of reigning with Him. That's what we're promised here. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. You know, to the church in Smyrna, if you go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, not just to them, uh, but to us here at Dublin. The message is for us as well. It records this promise from Christ himself. And it was to a church that had experienced tribulation and poverty. And they were enduring suffering. They were continuing in a commitment to Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. And to the church of Thyatira, and to us here at Dublin as well. Jesus says in Revelation 2.26, To him who overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. We shall also reign with him. Even to that church of Laodicea. You know the one Jesus describes as lukewarm and pleasing to him. The promise of Christ in Revelation 3.21 for those few there who would continue in their commitment to Christ. Jesus says, To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame, and I'm set down with my Father in his throne. So yes, if we suffer with him, if we endure in him, if we continue in our commitment to him, we shall also reign with him. And then verse 12 ends with a warning to those who won't or who don't remain in him. And these are those who have never truly come to Christ because those who have do endure, they do continue in Christ. It's evidenced by their not continuing in Christ. And the message there is if we deny him, he also will deny us. Now, these deniers are not present here being baptized this morning. I mean, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> um, we have a total of five young people who have, who have come to Christ. They've made that profession of faith. They're identifying with him. They are claiming Christ before you all as their Lord and Savior. We witness five young people who are publicly coming before you today proclaiming their own coming to Christ and their intent to be committed to Christ. That they will suffer with him. They will endure in him. So that one coming day they can reign under him and with all others who have come and committed their lives to Christ. Finally, this baptism song and the Christian being baptized celebrates our certainty in Christ. Verse 13, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Can I just tell you how beyond thankful I am that God pours out his grace to us as followers of Jesus in this final couplet that we find in verse 13? If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful because he cannot deny himself. Uh, literally in the Greek, if we believe not, is if we are apostumen, <laughs> if we are faithless. And I have never met a Christian that that doesn't describe. 
at some level or to some degree. At some point or other in their lives, their faith, their forsaking all, I trust him, it can get shaky. Not of their trust in the person and work of Christ alone for their salvation from, from sin and death. No, but their faith, their trust in God at some other level wanes. And maybe it's in some temptation or there's some stronghold of sin that they're battling in their life or some tragedy or tribulation. It aggressively attacks the believer and their faith in God can become less than it should be. Now, have they lost their salvation? No. Has God forsaken them out of indignation for believing not, for being faithless? No, reread and, and bask in the great grace at the end of this last hymn couplet. He abideth faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Because sometimes my faith is less. Oftentimes I am not faithful, but God is, amen. He is. And his faithfulness, uh, I'm thankful for that. But, but then it's given an exclamation point here at the very end of this verse. Because he cannot deny himself. Do you realize the significance of that statement? It, that assures the one who has come to Christ and has committed their lives to Christ of the certainty that they have in Jesus Christ. That they're forever kept by Christ. He cannot deny. And the Greek word means repudiate. He cannot deny himself. So it's a promise from God here that the one who has come to Christ in faith and has committed themselves to Christ, that they are God's child. He cannot deny himself. If you are truly God's child, you cannot ever become something other than God's child. And we're celebrating the baptism of five, I'm going to use the term young ones today, uh, at least three we could categorize as children. I won't do that to Teddy or Tatum. They're young adult, young man, young lady. Um, and please rest assured about what I'm about to say because I have no specific information and I don't need any testimonies this morning from those who know them. But I would suppose that there are occasions when they disobey or they are weak. They disobey their parents or their grandparents. I know, that's hard to believe, so angelic. Um, but let me ask you a question. Even when they are disobedient and weak, do they become in any way less your child or your grandchild? If we believe not, if we are apostuamen, if we are faithless, what of God? <laughs> what of our certainty in Christ? He abideth faithful because he cannot deny himself. And oh, what, po what power for continued commitment to the Christ we have come to for salvation lies within that last hymn couplet right there. That if or when my faith has been less, his hasn't. His hasn't. He abides faithful. He welcomes me to a place of grace where repentance and a return to fellowship with him is possible because of the blood of Christ, because of what we're proclaiming in these two symbols of salvation. We can have restored fellowship with our Father. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? Very short. I'd love to, Tommy, maybe I need to commission you to make some music for this so that we can sing it. It's a short hymn, but these three verses, I'm so thankful that God has included it in his word for us. Um, and, and it's a song that is. It's sung by the ordinance 
of the Lord's Supper and baptism. And sung by each person that's coming before you today in baptism, publicly professing their coming to Christ and their commitment to Christ and their certainty to Christ. It's a song they will sing in action. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never done that yourself. You've never trusted in Christ as Savior. If you haven't, do so right now. As I'm talking, call out to him. Confess your sins to him. Place your faith alone in Christ alone and what he has done for you to save you from your sins. But for us who have come to Christ and for us who have committed our lives to him, will you respond to the truth of God's word here in these three verses by praying By this morning, committing to pray for these young Jesus followers, they need your prayers. Will you commit to encourage them as they uh, walk with the Lord? And will you praise God for the certainty that you have in Jesus Christ? I am right now. Uh, Maybe your recent testimony is one of believing not, of your faith being less than you want it to be or God wants it to be. Listen, because his isn't, (laughs) because he abideth faithful to you and to me, If that's the case, won't you run to that place of grace that he holds out to you this morning? Even as I'm speaking now, won't you return to him? God calls to us in Proverbs 28, 13. He that covers his sins will not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. And our certainty in Christ, it provides a place of grace for us to do that. And that place is presented here as we have a pause to respond. I'll have Pastor Tommy come and just lead us in a a hymn before we celebrate these baptisms. But uh, however God's word has called you to respond today, won't you obey him? Let's stand as we sing.